Yesterday I didn't finish completely the daf. It was a long daf. So I left about 10, 11 lines, which is the last part of the daf that uh, the Gemara brings regarding spitting. So the Mishnah said that it's prohibited to spit in the Besamikdash and the Mishnah is from Makalva Homer from shoes. If wearing shoes, you cannot enter the Besamikdash with shoes and there's nothing wrong about wearing shoes, just that Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, take off your shoes because this place is holy. Now spitting, that is something disgusting, all the more so should be forbidden. Okay, so Amar Abibi, Amar Abi Yoshua Ben Levi, Kolar Okek Be'arabais Bismanazeh, anybody that spits in the, in, the, in the Temple Mountain, even today that there's no Betamikdash, Kilur Okek Be'arabaseinu, it's like spitting in the pupil of the eye of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Shenemar Vaya Eini Belivi Sham, Kolayamim, because my, my eyes, and my heart are there, says Hashem, all the days, even nowadays that there's no Besamikdash. So we see that even now, like, it's not so simple just to, that's a different halacha, to go into the Arabais, into the Temple Mountain on Tuma, but we see the Shechim is still there. Now, what about speeding in a shul? So you're going to tell me who speeds today, <laughs> even in a house? So in those days, they didn't have, like we have floors, it was just dirt. So you could spit, if you need to spit, and then just clean it or cover it. So says Robe, Rekika Babesakneses Sharia. According to Robe, it's permitted to spit inside of a shul. Midi de Abi Aminal, because it's compared to wearing shoes. Ma Aminal Barabai Sasur, Babesakneses Mutar. Even though it's forbidden to walk into the Beta Mikdash with shoes, but is permitted to walk into a shul with shoes. Avrakika, the same thing, spitting. Spitting in the base of Mikdash is forbidden, but spitting in the shul would be permitted. Rapope questioned this to Robe. Vamrila was Rabina, Lerobe, Vamrila was Rabada Barmasna Lerobe. Adiyali Feminal and Yelavi Kapandria. Why do you learn just like shoes? in the shul is permitted, spitting is permitted, whether you learn from Kapandria. Kapandria is make, uh, taking, uh, making a shortcut in the shul. So that, not only the Beit HaMikdash, even in the shul, you cannot use the shul just for a shortcut. So learn it, that also you shouldn't be able to spit in the shul, just like you're able to do Kapandria. Omale, Rabbi replied, Tana Yalfi Minal, is Kapandria. So we're going to see just now the Gemara is going to quote a Braisa that the Braisa is learning this halacha of no spitting in Beta Migdash from shoes. So says Rabbi, the whole learning is coming from shoes and you wanted to learn it from Kapandria? Says the Gemara Mai, which Braisa is Rabbi referring to? The Tanya. A person shouldn't go into the Beis HaMikdash with his staff in his hand and also shouldn't walk in with shoes also a person shouldn't come with a kerchief with coins inside of it 
ובפונדסו מופשלס לאחוריו, also a person shouldn't come with his money belt hung outside of himself to be like everybody can see it, because all this is like Tashmish shall be Zion, it's like a, not respectful to go into Beda Mikdash with all that. Velo Yasena Kapandria also shouldn't make a shortcut into the Beis Mikdash. Verekika Mikalvachomer Miminal and spitting obviously is forbidden, all the more so learning it from shoes. If shoes, there's nothing wrong with wearing shoes. Remove your shoes from your feet because this place is holy, and from there we learn also to the Mikdash. But there's nothing wrong with shoes, it's just because it's a holy thing. So the Kika, she derech bizayon, spitting, that is something disgraceful, local sheken, all the more so, should be forbidden. Now, we're dealing with the Beit HaMikdash. So that's what Robert told uh, whoever was, three opinions, who was the one asking him. said, the basis to learn the provision of spitting in the Beit HaMikdash is comparing to wearing shoes. So therefore, says Robert, I bring that learning to the shul. If in, in the Beit HaMikdash that is forbidden to wear, shoe, to, to wear shoes, it's forbidden to spit. But in a shul that is permitted to wear shoes, so why don't you be permitted to spit? Now, just to end up the price, Rabbi Yossi Bar Yude, Amar Eino Tzarich, we don't need to learn it from Moshe Rabbeinu or from shoes. Arei Uomer, Kien Lavo El Shara Melech Belevush Sak. What is that? Megillah Sester, Baruch Hashem, we're going to be reading Megillah this coming Monday night and Tuesday. So it says, Mordechai couldn't walk into the palace because it's not proper to go into the palace of the king wearing a sackcloth. So says Rabbi Yosef Bar Yude, so again it's a similar idea, it's a Kalva Homer, wearing a sackcloth. Nothing wrong, it's not disgusting to wear a sackcloth in front of a human being of flesh and blood. Nevertheless, you couldn't go into the palace like that. Rekika, spitting. There's something disgusting. It's to do that in front of a king, in front of the king of kings in the Beit HaMikdash, all the more so should be forbidden to spit in the Beit HaMikdash. So going back to our point, so we learn from this Braisa that we learn from the shoe. So Robert says, if the whole learning, the spitting in the Beit HaMikdash is forbidden from the shoe, so I can bring that in the Beit HaKneset, in the shoe is going to be permitted, just like shoes is permitted in Beit HaKneset. So whoever was questioning Robe, he went back and told him, this is what I mean to tell you. Neima, why do we say, we should say, in both situations, we should be machmir, both for kapandia and for shoes also to wear in the shul. The imam, and say the following, Arabah is the asur beminal, the alpha beminal. So in the Beit um, HaMikdash, in the Temple Mountain, <coughs> that is forbidden from minal, from shoes, as we saw in this Braisa, live from minal. Let's learn it that should be forbidden from shoes. Abal Beisakneses, the Shari minal. But in the shul, even though it's permitted to walk into the shul with shoes, at the Yalef Minal, 
Veleter, instead of learning from shoes, just like shoes permitted, so also spinning should be permitted. Nilaf Mikapandria. Let's learn in a shul from the Kapandria that just like making a shortcut in shul is forbidden, Velezor, also spitting should be forbidden. Elama Robe. Rather, Robe said, you know, from when I'm learning it is permitted to spin in shul, is Kebeiso. Because a shul is like your house. Ma Beiso, in your house, a Kapandria Kapid Inish. People are Makpid. People don't like others to make a shortcut in their house. I think, I think after this Gemora, I won't, I won't go through the garden route of my brother-in-law to go to my house. People don't like if you make a shortcut to, to your house. Nevertheless, it's interesting. People don't mind if you spit in their house. Again, that was the, the, the people used to do in those days. And wearing shoes also. People don't mind walking into somebody's house with shoes. So that's Similar to the house I learned in the shul, Kapandra i de Azur, to make a shortcut through the shul would be forbidden, Rekikaminal Shari, but to speed and to wear shoes in the Beta Knesset in the shul would be permitted. Okay, let's move on to the next teaching of the Mishnah. Says the Mishnah, Kolchot may brachos shebemigdash, etc. So, two things the Mishnah said that in the Beta in the in the Beit HaMikdash, they would end up every bracha with a very long statement. <coughs> so we say, Rashi brings it, Baruch Hashem Elokei Yisrael Menam Olam. So, and then instead of saying Amen, people would answer, Baruch Hashem Kebol Machosan So the Gemara brings that Mishnah, and says the Gemara, Kol Kach Lama. So why? Would they make such a long uh, uh, ending after the bracha saying, Baruch Hashem Elokei Yisrael Mulam Vadoam? Why every single bracha they would end up like that? Says the Gemara, the fishing on in Amen, Bamigdash. So the Gemara answers, because they wouldn't say Amen, rather they would say Baruch Hashem Kebamavayed. So if you have such a, a, a response to the bracha instead of Amen, so also the ending, the chasima, should be a chashuve chasima, should be a chashuve ending, and that's why they would say all that. Now, the Gemara questions me, how do we know that you don't say just amen after a brach in the Beit HaMikdash? Because in the book of Nehemiah, it says, raise, baruch Hashem elokeichem, so bless God, your God, from Minolam Vedam, from the world to the world, Vyomer, Vivarhu Shem Kvodeha, Umeromaman called Brahu Teila. So this this second Pasuk says Ubarhu and bless Shem Kvodeha, your the name of your glory, Umeromaman called Braha Teila, that is exalted from every blessing and every praise. And with this we learn that he referred People should answer Borushem Kebon So this is the answer to the question. From where we know, you don't say just amen, you say all this. Says the Gemara, Yahol Kolabrachos Kulan Te Laen Teilo Ahas. Could it be that you only say this praise for all the blessings together? So Tamulomar, so we learn that no. Umeroman Kolbracha Uteila, the Pasuk said, and exalted from every blessing and every praise. So 
alcohol, then not, in this context it means above all, but now the drasha is alcohol for everyone, for every bracha bracha, teila teila. So we learn from here, you should be a special praise for every bracha, and therefore also should be a, spe- a special praise of saying Baruch Hashem after every bracha. Okay, and let's move on to the last teaching of Maseches Brachos. And it was that Chachamim instituted a person should greet somebody with Hashem's name. Nowadays, the word Shalom is counts because the name Shalom is one of Hashem's names. So, they fix that to, say, to greet everybody with Hashem's name. If you remember, the Mishnah brings three psukim. One regarding Boaz, one regarding Gidoin, and the last one from the Proverbs. So the Gemara wants to know, usually we don't just quote verses for the sake of learning Torah. It has to be something we need to prove with those verses. So the, the Gemara asks, what is the need to bring the Pasuk of Gidon? Says the Gemara, because there was room to say, maybe Boaz, that was greeting people with the name of Hashem, was his own thing. He liked to do that, but it doesn't mean everyone should do it. So Tashma, that's why we bring the second Pasuk with the Malach, with the angel, greeting Gidon like that. Hashem Yimcha Givor Hashem is with you, the, the Givor Achayil, mighty warrior, something like that. Okay? So we see even the Malach, the angel, greeted Gidon with the name of Hashem. So it wasn't just Boyas. Now, what is the need for the third Pasuk? The Chiteima, there was room to say, Malach de Lele Gidon. Maybe it's not that the Malach was using Hashem's name to greet Gidon. Maybe that was part of the angel on his mission to tell Gidon that he's going to be victorious fighting against Midian. But it wasn't just greeting him. So there, again, wouldn't be a proof that we should greet just anyone with Hashem's name. Tashma. That's why the mission needed to bring a third pasuk. Al tabuz. So you shouldn't dispra- I say um, disgrace. You shouldn't be despondent uh, to your mother. Your mother over here in the Mishle is a reference to the Jewish people, to the elders of the Jewish people. Kizikna imecha, because it's an older lady. So to say, is a reference to the elders of the previous generations, don't despise them. Uh, meaning to say, they have a source on which to base themselves for such a takana to greet people with the name of Hashem. Why? Because this is the, the fourth passage that the Mishnah brought. Whenever there's a need to institute something for the sake of Hashem, so they have the right Something that might seem like uh, like um, l'affair, like uproot the Torah, it wasn't just on their own they thought, thought about it. Where there's a pasuk that says, when there's a need to do things, you can act in seemingly changing the Torah, and that's what Boaz did by instituting people to greet with the name of Hashem. And with this, we finish the Mishnah. Now we're going to bring many teachings. Omar Rabbe, Rabbe says, 
Aikra mi reisha le sefa madrish, mi sefa le reisha madrish. This verse, El Asom Hashem Meferu Tulatecha, you can read it in the normal way from beginning to end, conveying a message, or you can do what we did also previously. You remember a few pages ago, first read the, the, the second half of the Pasuk, mi sefa le reisha, and then read the beginning of the Pasuk. Now he's going to explain what he means. Mi reisha le sefa madrish, reading it normally from beginning to end, read it like this. El Asom Hashem, now it's time for Hashem to take action. And Eloaleinu means to start punishing people. Why? My time? My matam? What is the reason for Hashem punishing people? Because people have, have gone against the Torah. They have uprooted the Torah. So Hashem needs to punish people as a punishment and as a wake-up call. But you can also read the verse starting from the end of it. Chachamim had a change loss of your Torah. My time, because it's a time a need to do for Hashem. So Rashi brings us an example, like Elio Navi. We all know the story. We mentioned, we spoke about it a couple of times in Masechus Brachos, that he gathered many people from the type of Israel when they were idolaters to the, to the idolatry called the Baal. And in Ara Carmel, he offered a korman. And there was the time of the Beis Amigdash, when there's a temple. Is forbidden to offer korbanos, sacrifices, anywhere. So why did he do it? Was Hashem was a moment to do something for Hashem, and therefore they have changed the Torah because there was a time of need. Tanya, there's a brisa. Hilulazaken, Hoimer, Hilazaken teaching the following lesson. Veshas amachnisin pazer. At the time that everybody's learning on their own and Halid, anybody's going out to teach, you should be the one going out and teaching. This was Rav Noach Weimer Zatzal. He, he saw the need to go on and teach people that weren't even from like us, and he opened Nesha Torah, and he opened many other organizations before that. Now, Bishas Amefazim, if you see other people teaching, Kanes, so don't, 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 don't go out to teach us because also you want the cover of teaching. If somebody else is also is already teaching, so it's also Kabbat Hashem to go and sit on your own to do your own learning. If you see a generation that people like Torah, Torah is dear for them, so go and teach. There's someone that uh, teaches, Mefazer is, um, uh, how you say the opposite of gathering? Spread, thank you so much. And he ends up gaining. With the meaning to say, if you teach, don't think you're going to end up losing. No, you're going to end up gaining. But if you see a generation, they don't appreciate Torah. If you're going to start teaching Torah, you're going to disgrace the Torah. So instead of teaching, canes. go and go in and learn on your own. Shenemar, and this is what the, the Gemara brings this, this uh, teaching of Hillel because of the Pasuk. If it's a time to do for Hashem, when people are not giving burdens to the Torah, so then instead of teaching, stay learning in your own. Now the Gemara brings three teachings of Bar Kapara. Darash Bar Kapara, Zolas Kuvoitz Kne Mina. Zulas is from the word Zol. If you see 
that people don't give importance to the Torah. So, Lavdil, he compares to merchandise. If you see that merchandise is falls in value, is cheap, so instead of teaching, kevoit knemina, you gather and buy of it. You acquire more Torah for yourself, and this says Rashi is going to come a point, then people are going to value, appreciate the Torah you learned, and now it's going to go time after that to go and teach it. No, the answer delays gevar, taman avigvar. This is a mission in Pirkeabos also. In a place where there's nobody else teaching, you should be the one going out and teaching. So this is the same symbol of Hashem, not symbol, the same teaching when it's a time to do for Hashem. So other people are not teaching, you should go out and you should, you should be the one teaching. Again, this is Ramna Weinberg's uh, philosophy to go and teach people. Amaravaye, so Avaye is making a duke, learning from this teaching of, of, of our Kapara. Shmami Nagui, hear from him. Beasa, there is Gavar the man, if there's somebody else teaching, Lotiavigvar, you shouldn't be the one going and teaching. Because he said, if nobody else is teaching, you should go and teach. But if somebody else is already teaching, you shouldn't go out and teach. This is Gemara Pshite, Avaye is obvious, that's what he meant. Lot Nisuha Ela, Veshinem Shavin. No. Avaye need to teach us when there's already two people. So if there's somebody already teaching and you come to a new city and you are just passing by the city and you are in the same level that this person, you shouldn't start teaching for your own cover. Just keep, leave, leave him the one teaching. Now, if you come to a place and you are there to stay and you are at the same level, over there it would be permitted for you to also be teaching. Second teaching, what is the small verse in the Torah? Actually, it's in the Tanakh. And there's many things that you can learn from it. In all your ways, you should acknowledge Hashem. And He's going to straighten your paths. So, uh, let's read Robert and explain it. Even when it comes to do a transgression. So, what it really means is that... Um, let me read, the, they bring over here in the side of the page, over there you have a footnote, Amara Pope, Aina de Amri Inshi, and based on what Robert said, even for a transgression, Robert brings a common saying, Gnava, even a Ganav, a thief, a Pum Mahatarta, at the entrance of the tunnel that he's about to go in to steal somebody's house, Rahmanakari. <laughs> he damaged to Hashem to help him. So let's explain what Rabbi said over here. First of all, what, what Bar Kapara said is in anything you do, keep Hashem on mind. So says Rabbi, even sometimes where it might need an Aveira, might be an Aveira, like Eliyahu Navi. Eliyahu Navi, we, we mentioned, he broke one of the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah and he offered an, an, an offering, a korban, outside of the temple. Why did he do it? Because it was Ezra Sol Hashem. It was a time of need to do for Hashem. Now, nowadays, the we don't have prophecy, is forbidden to do that. Don't say, oh, you know what, I'm doing Kiruv, so I'm going to do an Aveda, I'm going to start kissing ladies to make care of them. <laughs> you cannot do that. Okay? But the message is, you have to be tuned to what's going on in the world, and even something that 
it could have been considered an Aveira. In time of need, a person would be able to do it again. This was in time of the prophets. Now, this teaching, uh, this addition of Rapapa, that even the Ganav, Davens to Hashem, is teaching us, you know what? Even if something that is wrong, but if you still Davens daven to Hashem to help you, you acknowledge Hashem, and eventually you're going to end up doing tshuva. So the teaching of Akapar is always keep Hashem in mind. There was a person, there's a story, that somebody, a soccer, no, a guy, a guy what didn't look from, you know, with those kippas that you take in the koisel, in those days with, 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 with paper, goes to the koisel and he grabs the note and he puts it in the, in the koisel. Somebody, a true story, couldn't help to see what this guy is asking for. So he opened the paper and he, he was asking Hashem to please for Maccabi Tel Aviv to win the championship. That's a basketball team. So even that, even that, you know, keep always Hashem in mind. Okay. And the third teaching of Arkapara, Darash Barkapara, Leola A person is obligated to teach his son an easy and a clean profession. Uh, to, to be able to be mefarnes himself, to, to have a parnasa. So nekia means clean from theft, and kala, and easy. And the Gemara asks as an example, mai, what could be an example of an easy tr- trade? Do you say trade? Amaravhiza, machta de talmusa. Machata is a machat, so how to stitch doublets, which is in furrows. So it is a way to like a, a small jacket, and they will double double it and stitch it. So like furrows of like furrows of, of a field. So just as an example of a simple profession. Okay, Tanya Rabbi Omer, again the Gemara from now until the end of the Gemara is going to just bring different teachings because we finished the Mishnah. Leolam al irbe adam reim besoch beiso. Rabbi Danasi says, a person shouldn't bring too many acquaintances, like too many quote unquote friends to his house. Shenemar ish reim lis roea. If you bring too many people to your house, you're going to be quarreling with them. We're not talking close friends. We're talking just, you know, you meet people in gym and tomorrow is playing uh, Liverpool. And you tell like five guys in gym, guys, come to my house, let's watch the game in my house. No, it's dangerous. You don't even know these people. Kind of bad. Okay. Tanya, Rabbi Oimer, Alimna, Adam, Potopos, Besoch, Beisoy. A person shouldn't uh, place, appoint an administrator to run everything in his house. Shilmale, Lomina, Potifar, is Yosef, Apotropos. If Potifar wouldn't place Yosef to be the administrator inside of his house, he would have not ended up with his wife wanting to commit adultery with him. So because Potiphar put Yosef in a very prestigious position, and then his wife ended up looking at Yosef, he fell in love with him. She fell in love with him. So she didn't do that. Tanya Rabbi, a third teaching of Rabbi Udenasi, Nazi, Soita, this is a famous one Rashi quotes in Humash. Why did the Torah write the portion of the Nazir, a person that takes upon himself not to drink wine, next to the portion of a lady 
that is suspected of committing adultery, that she needs to be taken to the Kohen to check her with the waters of the Seita. Loma lechatu, teacher, while they're greeting one next to the other, she kilkula. If you happen to see this lady that is suspected of committing adultery, so in this lady, vekilkula is ruination, yazir So what brought this lady to maybe commit adultery? Because he went to too many parties and drinking wine. So you see that getting drunk and drinking wine like that can bring a person to, to ruins. So don't do that yourself and make, make yourself a Nazir. So obviously, nowadays there's no Sota, there's no Nazir. But the lesson is, if you see somebody, let's say with an addiction, whether for alcohol or for gambling or, or for drugs, whatever it is, and this brought him to a ruin, you know, I know cases, very sadly, in different countries. I won't even mention the name of the country, but I knew a Froom guy, a nice guy, Froom, unbelievable, Balchesed and everything. And he ended, up he ended up having sex with his secretary. And he ruined his marriage, everything. So if you happen to know about such a situation, make offense. So don't have a secretary, a lady. And if you have a lady secretary, keep it with the distance. Like whenever you hear cases like that, shocking cases, learn from the case and make offense to protect yourself. Omar Hizkia, Breder Abi Parnach. So, after Nazir comes Soita. But also, Sota is, is um, no, no, I think it's comes Soita and then Nazir. But before Sota, there's a couple of Tsukim that the Torah commands about Trumas and Maestros, given Truma to the Kohen and Maestro to the Levi. So what is the connection between Truma and Maestro and Sota? Lomar Lechatu teaches the following message. Koshi Yeshlot Trumas Umaisros. Anybody that needs to give this in the land of Israel, separate, we learned this before, Truma and Maiser. The Truma is the 2% and the Maiser is the 10%. Truma to the Kohen, Maiser to the Levi. Then on the same Kohen, and he doesn't give the Truma to the Kohen, Sovnitrach Le Kohen. He is going to end up needing the Kohen. Adide Ishtor. Regarding the, his wife, Shinemar, Vish is Kodoshav Loi Iyu, because the Pasuk says a person, his holy things, meaning Truman Meiser, they would be for him, meaning to say he's a, the one who has the right to give it over. A coin and a levy cannot come and just grab it. And next to this Pasuk, it says, Samichle Ish Ish Kitiste Ishto. If a person's wife it, uh, goes astray, astray. So, Vexiv, and then continues the Torah telling about the Sota, and this person is going to need to bring his wife to the Koyen. So, to teach you, if you are stingy and you, you don't want to give your money to the Koyen, a person is going to end up needing to bring his wife to the Koyen. Not only that, at the end, he's going to also end up needing the maestros. He, the, the third year and the sixth year of the cycle, the second miser goes for the poor people. So says over here, you law, they're going to be for him, meaning to say, if at the beginning when he had enough, he didn't give it away, now he's going to become poor, and he's going to need to go and collect somebody else's miserani. 
Still need to go ask people to give a tenth because now he's a poor person. Shemar ve'ish es kodashav lo iyu. The holy things are going to be his. Amar Amar im nasnan. But if the other way around, if you give miser and truma, sof mitasher, you end, you're going to end up become um, rich. You know, there's a different famous teaching. Aser te aser. Aser kedeshe titasher. Give miser if you want to become wealthy. Shelemar isha sheriten le coin lo hiye. If a person gives to the coin, his is going to be lo ye mamun arbe. The Gemara Darshans, for him is going to be a lot of money. And a similar teaching, Amarabuna bar Brachia, Mishum Rabbi Lazar Kapar, Kola Mishatev, Shem Shemaim et Saroy. If people become a partner with the name of Hashem when he, when he is in pain, so when a person is in pain, he first of all, first of all should realize this is coming from Hashem. Any affliction is coming from Hashem. And when he says the bracha of Baruch Dayan Ames, he has a recognition that Hashem is a, a truth, uh, a just, uh, a truth judge, and everything Hashem does is for the good and with the reason. And then he takes the Yisunim with the Hava. And also another explanation, if a person has a realization, then when a person is in pain, so to say, Hashem is also in pain. Ramnach Weimar Zatzal, I don't know if you watched the video, from the ashes, when he took a group of Eshatora rabbis to Auschwitz and to many places in Europe. So in that video he says, you know, everybody, everybody speaks about the suffering of the people that die in the Holocaust. Does anybody think about the suffering of the Shechina, of the suffering of Hashem? Because when the Jewish people are suffering, Hashem is also suffering together with us. So that's another explanation of this, uh, of this Gemara. Anybody that, that also feels, so to say, how Hashem feels, Hashem is going to double to him his sustenance, his parnasa. If you include Hashem whenever you are in distress, so the word to afois can be understood as double. So Hashem is going to double you your money. Rabbi Shmuel Benachmani Amar, Panasasom Meofef Esloi. The word Meofef is also like a bird. You, you Panas is going to come as easy as flying like a, like a bird, fly, bird flies. Ketzipor Shenemar, Bekesef Tuafois Lach. Again, he's asking the word Tuafois of the previous Pasuk as something that flies. The money will come flying to you. Amarav Tevi, Amarav Yosha. Kola Amar Peatzmomi de Beitora. Anybody that uh, loosens. Uh, that becomes uh, loose, like um, not strong, when it comes to his learning Torah, he won't have the strength to stand in Hashem in the, in the day of distress in the, in, in, when he comes to judgment after he dies. You become weakened, uh, in the day of distress, you won't have any strength. And Masna in the name of Shmuel says, even if a person becomes uh, negligent in the fulfilling of what and what mitzvah, say, ah, that mitzvah is not so much for me. 
he won't have the strength to stand in the day of judgment in front of Hashem because he says Israpisa. So the word Israpisa means you be, you become you become loosened loose in anything Mikol Makom whatever it applies. Let's continue. Omar of Safra. Ah, so Rav Safra said, Rabbi Abau, Abba Mishtoi, Rabbi Abau told me the following story. So this is Rav Safra, Rabbi Abau, the beginning of the Amoraim, they're telling us a story that happened at the time of the Tanaim. Kesharad Hanina ben Achir Rabbi Yeshua Lagoila. So Rabbi Yeshua had a nephew, his name was Rabbi Hanina. He went down to the Goila, to the exile, to, the, to Babylon. So this Rabbi Hanina, So in Babylon, he would do two things. First of all, he was Me'aber Shanim. He would add a month of Adar to the year. We know seven, seven years out of 19 years, we need an extra month of Adar. And also he was Kobeah Chodashim. He was declaring when is Rosh Chodesh. Nowadays we have a fixed calendar. But in those days, you needed witnesses that saw the beginning of the month and you would declare, oh, today is Rosh Chodesh. So he would do that in Babylon. Now, So the Chachamim of Eretz Israel sent him to Talmud Chachamim to rebuke him. We're going to see soon from, soon from Psukim. You are not allowed to do this outside of Israel. So they sent him Rabbi Yossi ben Kifar, Uben Ebno Shel Zechariah ben Kabutal. So these two people, one was the grandson of Zechariah ben Kabutal, and the other one was Rabbi Yossi ben Kifar. Kemon Sherausam, so when Rabbi Hanina saw them in Babylon, Amar Lahem, Lama Vasem, what did you come here for? Amrule, Lilmot Torabano. We came to learn Torah from you. You're such a big Tolmi Chocham. We want to learn from you. So Ichrizalem. So he made a declaration to everybody over there. Anashimalalo Gdole Adorem. These two people are the leaders of the generation. They have the same Shimshu Bebesamigdash. And because they, both of them are Kayanim, their ancestors were Kwanim at the Besamigdash. Kyosashi Shaninu. And there's a Mishnah in Yuma <coughs> that speaks about Zechariah and Kabutal. And uh, we mentioned was the Bemano that came over here, the grandson of Zechariah and Kabutal. So says the mission over there, Zechariah ben Kabutal Oimer, Arbe Piamim Karisi Lefanab Besefer Daniel. So in the Beit Amikdash, Erev Yom Kippur, actually the night of Yom Kippur, they wouldn't allow the coin gadol to sleep because they were concerned sometimes when we sleep, we can have a seminal emission. But for the coin gadol, if so, semen to come out of him would become Tame for one day. And he wouldn't be able to do the Aboda in the Besamikdash in Yom Kippurim. So they kept him awake the entire night, like a Tikkun El Shavuos. So what, 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 what would they do to keep him awake? So if he wasn't a Maretz, an ignorant, somebody else would read to him interesting stuff. So this Zechariah uh, Kibutal says, I would read the book of Daniel. It's inter interesting stuff. Speaks about Mashiach and Nebuchadnezzar and the four Galuyos and all that. So I would keep him entertained to keep him away, awake. So he brought a proof, Rabbi Hanania, that these people were Hashuve Eden. Okay? 
So it heal u metame. Now once they gain uh, the approval of people because he announced these people are important. Now when he would g- give rulings, this Hananya, so he, let's say he ruled to somebody, oh no, this is Tami. Then Metyarim. So they wanted to go against him, Bedavka. So they would say, no, it's, ta- it's Taor. Who else? Then whenever he was pa- passing that something is forbidden, and Metyarim, they would say, no, it's permitted. So then he started becoming cross against him. Ichrisalem, so Rabbi Hanina announced regarding these two people, Anashim alalu shal shavem. No, they are empty. Veshaltoem. They are devastated. They have nothing. Amrulo, so they told him, Kvarvanisavyatacholistor. No, you have already built us or image. Now you cannot just destroy it. Kvargadarta. You already made a fence protecting or, or prestige. Viatacholifrot. You cannot breach that fence. So I'm alive. So he told them, Why you go against me with Dafka? Because you are doing something forbidden to extend the years and to fix the months outside of Israel. But he told them, What is that wrong? He used to do the same thing. He did it because when he left Israel, in the period of time he went outside of Israel, he didn't leave anybody like him in Israel on his level to do it. So he was the mumachik, he was the expert, he needed to do it outside of Eretz Israel. So so he told him, Hanina, to them, I also, there's nobody in Israel like me, that's why I keep on doing it outside of Israel. No. The kid goats that you left in the land of Israel, you, you young students, now became rams with horns. They already grew. Now we have big Tamid Chachomim in Israel. They can do it. And the fact, look in the footnotes, that he told them with the horns, you know, they're going to gore you, Shmuel, Negicha. They're going to gore you with the horns, meaning to say, if you keep on doing this, they're going to put you in Nidui. They're going to put you in excommunication. They sent us to you, and this is what they told us. Lechov Amrulo, go there and tell him, Mishmeno, in our name, Im Shomea Mutam, if they listen to you and he stops doing it, great. Bim Lav, and if he doesn't listen to you, tell him, Yemeni Dui, you're going to become excommunicated. Let's move on to page B. The Imru. And this is part of the message. You should say, Lechenu Shebegola, to our brethren in the exile. Also, not only to speak to, to him, speak to everybody else in, in Babylon. If they listen to you, great. And if they don't want to listen to you, so tell them the following message. Go up to a hill, like idolaters used to do. You don't want to listen to us, to the sages of Israel? So look in Babylon, any nice hill, Beverly Hills. Achia. Achia was the Resh Galusa, the leader of the generation, Ibane, Ibane Mizbeach. So let him build an altar for idolatry and let Hananiah 
Genagen, the kinder, he was a levy. So the levim would play the instruments in the base of Mikdash, but now let him play for idolatry in that mountain, the Chinor, the liar, the Ich Peru, and let him be koifrim, let him deny Hashem. So after they conveyed that message, Kulam, the Yomru, ah, the Peru Kulam, Yomru Elaim Helek Beloke Israel. And let them deny and say, We have no portion in the God of Israel. So when they said that out loud, everybody started crying in the diaspora. God forbid, we have a portion in the God of Israel. And eventually, the story had a happy ending that Harina stopped doing Ibrushanim. Fixing and the extending the years and fixing the months. The Gemara says, lama, why such a hectic message? Says the Gemara Mishum Shenemar, because it says in the Pasuk, So look in the footnotes, Rashi brought initially a different Pasuk, the Gemara in Sanerin learns from a different Pasuk, Go to, to where the, the Shechina is in the Beit Hamikdash, and over there you should fix the Chodashim. So why over here the Gemara brings this second pasuk in Mitzion Tetzet Torah Barashim Yerushalayim from Zion? Torah should come forth and the word of Hashem from Yerushalayim, because this is exactly the point. The previous pasuk Kilishechnu Tidreshu Vatashama, where where Hashem is resting, you should come, and from there you should do the Rosh Chodesh. That is in the time when the Shechina is in the Besamikdash. So this pasuk in Mitzion speaks, even when there's no Besamikdash, still only from Zion can the teachings of Torah come out, and this includes the fixing of the months and the adding one month to the year. The Gemara end of this story, I understand the case when he can say something is Taor, and they can say it's Tameh, because it's the Chumra. They're just being machmirin, more stringent. But how could it be when he said in a situation something became impure, how can they say that it's pure? How can they say, do it? That time the surprise says, If a first rabbi already says something is tame, impure, his friend, Cannot come and say now is tower, is pure. Asur, if the first rabbi said is a sur is forbidden, the second one cannot say is mutar, is permitted. So how can they do such a thing? Says the Gemara, Kesavri, Yeah, they did that in order for others not to follow his rulings. So look in the footnotes and they explain obviously if it was really forbidden. They wouldn't say it's permitted, but they were only given those rulings in situations where, according to them, they really thought it's permitted. So even though in such a situation, for the honor of the first rabbi, you wouldn't be allowed to do that, not to discredit the first one, but in, in this situation, that they came with the whole point to discredit Rabbi Hanina, so then it would be okay. Okay, so let's continue. Oh, now the entire page until the next page is going to bring us teachings when 
the Sanhedrin went back to Yavne. So look in the footnotes. When the Romans were destroying the Second Temple, Rabbi Yochanan Mezakai approached uh, Vespasian, and he requested from Vespasian, as she made a miracle for him, not to destroy, uh, to, even though he's going to destroy Yerushalayim, three things he requested. Yavne uh, ve'chachamea, don't destroy the city of Yavne, and the base, the yeshiva of Yavne, spare it, leave it, leave it. And Rabban Gamliel, because he was a descendant of King David, and uh, Rabbi Tzadok to give healing to Rabbi Tzadok. So because of that, after the destruction of the, te of the Second Temple, the Sanhedrin moved to Yavne. They stayed for some time in Yavne, then they went out to a city called Usha, and after that they went back to Yavne. So this story happened when the Sanhedrin went back to Yavne. So says Labrit, says the Braisa, when our teachers or rabbis went back to the Kerem, to the vineyard of Yavne. For two reasons, the yeshiva of Yavne was called a vineyard. First of all, because they sat down in a semicircle like a vineyard. And second of all, because Torah scholars are compared to grapes and their teachings to wine. So that's why they call it Yavne Akerem, the vineyard of Yavne. It wasn't just like a from, from a, the Kerem, uh, the, the winery. Okay. So Ayusham, who went there back? The famous students of Rabbi Kiva. Who were they? Rabbi Yuda, Bariloi, and Rabbi Yossi, and Rabbi Nehemia, and all of them students of Rabbi Kiva, but Rabbi Yossi, Benosha, Rabbi Yossi, Aglili. So now the Gemara says, Pasukulam Bechabado Aksania, Vedashu. All of them gave teachings honoring the hosts, because the people of Yavne were hosting all these Torah scholars. So they gathered them together, and all of them gave praise to them. Now, the first one was Rabbi Yudah. Pasach Rabbi Yudah, Rosh Avrim, Bechol Makom. Rabbi Yudah, Bezal Shem, we're starting on Sunday, Masech Shabbos, in the page Lamed Gimel, Lag of Shabbos, they're going to speak about Lag Omer. So over there, they tell us the story how Rabbi Yudah became the Rosh Avrim, because he spoke positively about the Romans, so the Romans gave him the honor that he was always the first one teaching. So that's why he started with the teachings. And he opened Bechavoda Torah, praising the Torah and the Torah scholars. And the reason why he did that and he wanted to do that is because since the hosts of Yavne were there, so he wanted to make it endear, to make dear the Torah scholars in their eyes that are hosting them in their houses. So he said the following teaching. Um, says like this. Umoshe ikach es aoyel. Moshe Rabbeinu after the Cheta Egel. So because Moshe Rabbeinu saw that Hashem was upset with the Jewish people for making the golden calf, so he decided to move his tent outside of the camp. So he took his oil, his tent, and it was called Oil Moed. 
the tent of meeting, and he's going to tell us, and he placed it outside of the camping, and he called in it the tent of meeting, and it was that all the seekers of Hashem would go, to, would go out to the tent of meeting, to the well Moen, that was outside of the camp, and learn from him. So, Rabbi Yudah made the following teaching. We can learn, Kalvachomer means is all the more so. Uma Aaron Hashem. If this Aaron of Hashem, now the Aaron, which is the Ark of Hashem, he's referring to, is not the one that Bezalel made later on for the Mishkan. This was a temporary Ark where Moshe Abenu placed the Shivre Luchos, the pieces of the first tablets that he broke. So he placed him in an Ark and he went out to that oil moed. Ark of the meeting with that ark. So it says like this. Now, if this ark of Hashem, mil, and the distance was 12 kilometers. So why, why were there 12 kilometers? Because that was the size of the camp of the Jewish people in the desert. So Moshe Rabbeinu went out of the camp. So the most that somebody needed to walk to meet Moshe Rabbeinu would be 12 kilometers, which is a schlep. <laughs> but nevertheless, either there was only 12 kilometers away. Amra Torah, the Torah says in the Pasuk over there, anybody that seekers, any seekers of Hashem would go out to the tent of meeting. So if somebody walked 12 kilometers was called a seeker of Hashem, Say Talmid Chachamim, then Torah scholars, Sholchim Meileir, from Medina to Medina, in Motera, they need to schlep from city to city and from province to province to learn Torah. All the more so that the Torah considers them to be seekers of Hashem. Okay, now the Gemara is going to bring several psukim connected to this pasuk. Moshe Panim El Panim. So there's a pasuk. Actually, we should see it. Uh, the, look in the footnote number 16. They bring the whole, the whole pasuk. And we have to keep, uh, keep in mind this pasuk because the Gemara is going to bring many rushes on it. So Hashem would speak to Moshe face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he will return to the camp, Moshe Rabbeinu, and his servant, Yeshua, the son of Nun, Allah will not steer from within the tent. Okay, so the Gemara dashes the entire Passover. So, Amar Rabbi Yitzhak, Amar Lo Akadosh Baruch oh, say like this. Literally means that Hashem spoke to Moshe face to face. Now Rabbi Yitzhak is learning in a different way that Hashem spoke to Moshe, and face to face is uh, the, the way he would, what he told Moshe Rabbeinu. So, Omar, Amar Lokash, Borchule Moshe, the Holy One, let's be he told Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe, Ani Vatar Nasvir, Panim Be'olacha. So face to face is what Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu. Now we're going to be learning face to face, meaning to say, to look in the footnote, a student can only learn from his rabbi 
if his rabbi shows him a happy, uh, peaceful, uh, loving, uh, cheerful face. And also, the teacher can only teach the student if the student shows the same face to the teacher. So this is what Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu. Let's both of us have a nice countenance, a nice face one to another, so therefore we can both learn one from another. Uh, that is one teaching. Another verse in a similar way, Iko de Amri, are those who learned the following. Now this is regarding Moshe's attitude that he left the camp and, and made his camp outside of the camp. He put his tent outside of the camp. So Hashem told him, Keshem Shani is Panim, just as I have shown you a kindly face when I touch when I taught you Torah. Also you be friendly to the Jewish people and bring back your tent into the camp. Because otherwise they're gonna they're gonna think that I'm I'm cross with them and you're cross with them and they won't be, won't be, won't be able to learn. So that is the meaning Veshavelamahane. So the, if you go back to the footnote 16, when we read that Pasuk, in the simple meaning of the Pasuk is that first Moshe will learn from Hashem, and then he would go back to the camp. But over here, the way the Gemara is learning it, this was part of the command of Hashem to Moshe Rabbeinu. You have to go back. So. Amarlo, Amar Rabbeinu, Rabbeinu said, Amarlo kajurukol Moshe. The Holy One will speak. He told Moshe Rabbeinu, "Achshav yomru aravekat v'talmid vekas." If you keep your tent outside of the camp, they're going to say that I'm angry at them, and you, I'm the master, angry at them, and you, the disciple, also angry at them. So Israel, Matiel Alem, was going to be with the Jewish people. So imata magzir awel komamutav. If you return the tent back to its place in the middle of the camp, well, in love, and if you don't want to listen to me, and this is how Rabbi Bob puts together the three things of the verse to make sense, because otherwise they seem to be separate things. Like Hashem spoke with Moshe face to face, and then Moshe would go back to the tent, and then Yeshua was also over there, so what's the connection? But Rabbi Abel makes everything part of the conversation, telling, listen, Moshe, you better go back to show a, a happy, a, a pleasant countenance to the Jewish people, return your tent over there, and if you don't do it, then your disciple Yeshua, son, the son of Nun, will save in your place. You're going to be removed from your position of leadership, and he's going to be the next leader of the Jewish people. And this is the Khtiv, and this is according to the Baba, the meaning, and return to your camp. Rove ends up this Pasuk saying the following. Amarove, Avalpi, nevertheless, that Moshe Rabbeinu ended up, yes, going back to the tent, going back to the camp. What Hashem said, it wasn't just in vain. At the end of the story, Yoshua Vinum ended up being the, the leader of the Jewish people. Okay, now let's go to a second teaching in, in the Kerem of Yavne of Rabiude. 
and again he wanted to teach about the, the, the honor of people who study the Torah. Bedarash, and he said the following teaching. There's a passage that says, Askes Ushma Israel This is a passage we actually, if you remember, in Perek Shane, I think it was, we spoke about, about this passage. Askes means listen, be, attent be, be attentive. Ushma Israel and listen, Israel. Today you have become a nation. This is the Pasuk at the end of Dvarim. Says Rabbi Yudeh, when Moshe said this Pasuk, that day is when he gave the Torah to the Jewish people? That's not true. That was 40 years after they got the Torah in Mount Sinai. So why Moshe, why Moshe Rabbeinu said a yom azeh to teach us shechaviva Torah alomdea bechol yom bayom how dear how precious is Torah for us every day as keyom shenidna mercy as if in that day was given to us in the month of Sinai a yom every day we learn Torah is dear to us as if in that day we got it. In Mount Sinai, a yomaze, we got it. He said the following teaching: Teida, you should know. Sharei Adam Even if, if a person regularly says Shema every morning and every night, and one night he missed it. It seems like he once has never recited the Shema. Like, what happens if somebody asks you to do something for the first time? And you blew it. And you don't do it. You feel terrible. He asked me for the first time to do something and I didn't do it. I feel so bad. So he says, a person can be reading Shema night and day, every day of his life. And if once he didn't do it, he feels that if he never, done it, he, he never did it before. So, and if that is only for the Shema, all the more so for learning Torah. So we see from this passage that every day that we learn Torah, it feels to us as if it, uh, is, is this, today is the day that we receive it from Hashem from Mount Sinai. Okay, so this was the, the drash of Rav Yudeh. But once the Gemara brought this passage, now the Gemara is going to bring many other drashes on the same passage. So what is Askes? So, says the Gemara, asu kitot kitot, ve'isku betora. So, uh, they are uh, making a drasha in the, in the word askes from the word kitot. So, and also the as, hey samech, as it would be ein um, shin. Asu kitos kitos, you must form groups and groups and engage in Torah learning. To be really able to acquire the Torah, only if you are in a group of people of studying it, in companions. This is following the teaching of Rabbi Yosef Barachanina. What is the meaning of the Pasuk? There should be a sword against those who are alone, the no'alu. We're going to see what is no'alu. Cherem al-sonem shel tamid e-chochamim. 
Now, he's speaking in a euphemism in a nice way, describing those who hate the enemies of the Torah scholars, but it really means the Torah scholars, he just doesn't want to make a curse to the Torah scholars. That's why he's phrasing it, those who hate the Torah scholars, but he's saying, swore to them, that should be a sword to all those who sit each one alone engaged in Torah study. Because if they don't learn with somebody else, with a Habrusa, with a Chavura, with a group of people, the Lord, El they become stupid. Because if you learn on your own, you don't have somebody to brainstorm, somebody to, to clarify your words, you end, you're going to end up not understanding it properly. And you're going to become a foolish one as well. And how do we know that? Because that is the word Benoyalu. It's written Ksivacha Benoyalu. Here in this Pasuk that we just quoted, it says Benoyalu. And we make a Gzera Shava to a Pasuk regarding Moshe and Mir Aaron and Miriam. When Aaron and Miriam spoke Lashonara against Moshe Rabbeinu, then they ask Hashem for forgiveness. So he says over there, Asher no alnu. So Aaron and Miriam were asking Moshe Rabbeinu to forgive them for the stupidity, Asher no alnu. So just like over there, he's acting foolishly. So also over here in this passage, we learn that anybody that learns Torah on his own, he also is going to become foolish. And also the Lord, Ela Shechoitim, is considered a sinner because also in that passage of Miriam and Aaron, it says, Ve'asher Hatanu, which have been sinned. So over there, when they confessed their mistake of speaking Lashonar against Moshe, they say, Asher Nuanu, Ve'asher Hatanu, that we became foolish and we are sinned. So you bring as the connection to this pasuk regarding somebody that learns on his own. He's also a fool and he's also a sinner. So that's why it says, Askes, learn in Kito is Kitos, in groups and groups. And also you can learn that the word Noalnu means foolish from, oh, I'm sorry, means to sin from a different pasuk regarding the people of, of Tzuan, of Egypt. And the prophet says regarding the downfall of Egypt, the nobles of Tzuan have become foolish. No, it's, it's also regarding foolish. And also they have led Egypt astray. And this is also a synonym of sinning. So we can also make the connection of two things, to become foolish and to sin from the nobles of Tzuan of Egypt. Okay, Dabar Aher, another teaching regarding what is Askes Ushma, Ushma Israel, uh, the verse, uh, listen, uh, become attent and, uh, attent and listen Israel. So the word Askes can also be interpreted as ketesu atzmechem al divrei Torah. The word katet means grind yourself. Grind yourselves down over the words of the Torah. Meaning to say, exert yourself to the utmost in order to acquire the Torah. Meaning to say, if we don't put everything we can to learn Torah, 
we will never be able to learn it. If you read Torah like you read a book, like you read a novel, and like you watch a, 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 a series in TV, you will never be able to acquire Torah. You have to sweat, you have to schwitz, you have to steig, to toil. And this is also in accordance with the tension of Rishlakish, Damarish Lakish. From whether we know that the words of Torah are not retained except by one who kills himself over them. You kill yourself to learn Torah. This is regarding the, the laws of Tumas Mes, Parashas Chukas, that we're going to be reading next Shabbos about the Paraduma that the Torah commands if somebody became in touch with, con with, with, with the contamination, the impurity of a corpse, then he needs the process of the, the sprinkle of the ashes of the red heifer. So the Torah introduces the aloches with saying, This is the Torah of a man who dies in the tent. Now, over there, it wasn't needed to, to, to start with that. So Rish Lakish learns why over there that aloches start with the introduction to make this Russia. This is the Torah. Only of a man who dies in the tent. If you want the Torah to, to stay with you, you have to die in the tent. Davar Acher. And one, one more teaching in, in regarding the word Askes. Askes Ushma Israel. So it also comes to teach us As Behar Kates. So this teaching splits the word asket into two. As and then kates. So has means be silent. First, be silent when you're listening to the, listen to the lesson when you're learning it. And only afterwards, katet, grind it. Kederoba. This is in accordance with the teachings of Roba. Deama Robe. Leolam ilmot adam toira yege. Always a person should first learn Torah and only afterwards analyze what he learned. Because if you want to start questions and go into depth before you even hear the message, how can you understand it? First, see the whole picture, be quiet, listen to the Daf Yomi, hear it, acquire Chokhmah, and only after you acquire Chokhmah, then you can acquire Bina. You can go into depth. Okay. And just to end up, and then I'll stop it here today, one more teaching has to do with this concept. Amri Devei Rabianai, my receive, what is the meaning of a Pasuk, what is written in the Proverbs? Shlomo Melech says like this, Ki mitz chalab yotzi chema, umitz af yotzi dam, umitz apayim yotzi riv. The squeezing of milk yelled butter. The squeezing of anger yelled blood, and the squeezings of double anger yelled dispute. It's a little bit of a cryptic pasuk. So says, In whom do you find the butter of Torah? In one who Vomits, so to say, the milk he nursed from the breast of his mother of the Torah. Meaning to say, he puts every schwitzes, he expands his every essence 
in the pursuit of Torah. So this is the meaning of the squeezing of his mother's milk that he's going to yield the butter of Torah. So this is connected to the previous teaching. Only somebody that keeps over himself to learn, he's going to be able to acquire the Torah. Just to continue with the other two parts of the verse. And the squeezings of anger yield blood. So this teaches that any student, if the student asks his teacher for something, and the teacher got angry at the student, and the teacher yelled at the student, but nevertheless, the student remains silent when the teacher becomes angry at him for the first time. He's going to marry it. We'll marry to learn and distinguish between blood that is tummy and blood that is tower. In, in, we learned this also at the beginning of the Gemara. Then in, today we don't do it, but in the, in the past, the Chochamim were able to discern some sort of blood that would be pure and some sort of blood of the wife of Nida that can be pure or impure. So only by asking questions. And then even if your teacher gets upset at you and shouts at you, you guys don't listen. When you keep quiet, you're going to marry it to discern between these two different things. And just the end of the verse, umitza paim yotziriv, the squeezing of double anger yield dispute. Any student who remains silent when the teacher becomes angry at him the first time and the second time, he will merit to learn the distinction between the monetary laws, which are even more difficult, and the capital laws, which are less difficult, and those the squeezing of his teacher's double anger, yell expertise, proficiency in the laws concerning the monetary disputes. Now, how do we know that actually monetary disputes are even more difficult? This nan, Rabbi Shmelo Yimer, this You want to become smart? You should be busy with the monetary laws. You have no other area in the Torah greater than they, because they are like a welling fountain. They always become more and more smarter. Um, one second. Yes. Just to end up the topic of somebody that should put the efforts to acquire more Torah. What is the meaning? What is written? If you shame yourself, you will be uplifted. But if you muzzle yourself, a hand upon the mouth. So what is the meaning of this verse? So whoever willingly shames himself of the words of Torah, meaning to say you question your teacher concerning all, and you're not, uh, you don't understand, and you're not ashamed to ask, so, so then that's what the Pasuk said. At the beginning, let me go back to the Pasuk. Then you will be uplifted. You will gain knowledge. But if you muzzle yourself because you are afraid to ask, because you don't want the teacher to get angry at you, or you don't want people to laugh at you, then you're going to end up with uh, not knowing nothing, and that's what, you're going to be forced 
to put your hand upon your mouth when people ask you, you will know and you won't be able to answer them. So let's leave it here today with that to share.